0: wayne how's it going i'm in a wonderful mood Ed. how are you <laughs> jolly good i do apologize i know you recorded talk of the devils yesterday so you've got to review this absolute sickener of a game twice at least twice you're probably writing something about it as well
1: yeah yeah i did i, I wrote something earlier about it and yes, you know, sort I've of relived it three times and just before like we it? came on that i watched it again just to make
0: sure i said i watched oh, it again i watched the low lights as uh yes. you could call it There's rarely been a game in United's history. I mean, some European games, I guess, but rarely rarely have I been so confident of an absolute hiding as I was Mm. yesterday. There's some glimmer of hope in the build-up. I was like, maybe, what what scenario is there that United could actually get something out of this game? Dave produces some worldy saves. They put 11 men behind the ball. Somehow we get something from a free kick. I I don't know some scenario, but then I saw the lineup. I was like, "Yeah, they're getting smashed." So, and I I don't know what Radnick could have done differently. Really, I I hardly blame. I know it's not worked out with him, but I hardly blame him at all. So, when I looked at those players yesterday,
1: yeah, the formation you said put eleven men behind the ball, and I guess that was the idea. But the problem is with this Manchester United side, and I think I've said it on here before as well is that the commonly held theory of football is that there's safety with numbers. And the problem when you put this any combination of these Manchester United players, um, defenders, that if you increase the number, I think you're increasing the jeopardy. Um, because there's, there, there's no... And I know it sounds like a, a flippant and facetious way of saying it, but you look at the players, there's not a good combination between them. Not a natural yep. combination between them, not not a, a complementary combination between any of the defenders that we've got. It's basically just been hold whatever two players are fit and hope that they get through um, a game, which has basically been the entire season. Come on, you can't bring in, and I'm not, this isn't even criticising Phil Jones or even Harry Maguire or Lindelof really, but you can't put in... Phil Jones cold in a game at Anfield I know. and expects that you're gonna you're gonna hold out. Especially I mean, even Maguire before the game is talking up
0: his own form and it's like Oh man. Did you did you see Maguire's sister on Instagram? No, what she said. Uh... quote I don't often talk about it on social media, but I couldn't resist this time. We we're all very disappointed with the criticism Harry has been getting lately. It's playing out of order. We truly believe he's been one of the best players this season. And it's heartbreaking to see the abuse being sent his way. I just want to urge all Manchester United fans to get better and show him the respect we believe he deserves. I'm reluctant to make it personal. And I'm reluctant yes. to beat down on Phil Jones because I know he's suffered a lot with injuries. Hmm. Despite his last 10 games, about £15 million pounds in wages. Ish. I kind of wish I'd been paid that much for 10 days worth of work. But So I, I, I get the social media aspect to it. But the lack of self awareness to understand one of the best players for United this season, it's not just his sister because he said it in the, that interview you mentioned yeah. before the game. Yeah. yeah. It just, there just doesn't appear to be any self reflection no. at all. No. And it's not, I, I'm sure it runs throughout the club. No, yeah. No, I
1: think it does. I mean, because now the, and again, we don't want to, I, I don't want to run down the line of saying, well, football was better in the old days and stuff but it's very clear that modern day footballers have their own entourages their own teams around them basically it's saying you're not the problem it's good to facilitate the ego of someone who's earning millions of pounds every couple of months it's good for people to be around that so they're obviously going to be saying that other people are the problem the issue comes ed and it's something that we've talked about for weeks and weeks i think probably the very first pod that you and i did together at the start of the year after paul um, wisely (laughs) decided the the time was nice (laughs) to get up he he Um, knew this was
0: coming right
1: Yeah, right. One of the first things we talked about was the the lack of accountability in the team. And, yeah. you know, like it or not, it's just, it starts with the captain because the captain is there. In whatever um, ceremonial role the captain performs, they're still named captain. and They still take it seriously in some respects. So they're, they're there oh, to sure. sort of lead, teams, lead team spirit and set the tone and all that sort of stuff. And it's been notable, a couple of people, that I, I haven't really noticed this so much because it's not something that I follow keenly but a lot of people that I know will say oh I really didn't come out for the post-match interview again and that I mean it does say a lot that De Gea has been the one coming out and saying the standards are through the floor and then you've got Maguire on the other hand saying that they're not it's like come on yeah and then and then obviously he's at fault for some of the goals yesterday because obviously and we're talking about individuals here and let's unfortunately we've got to retrace the performance haven't we in the game and Maguire was at fault for some of the goals. Definitely at fault for the first one. There's no hiding that. I mean, he's not the only one. My
0: God. No, he's not the only one. But it was so bad. I think the lack of accountability runs throughout everything. And, and it, they must... they. Ragni said they'd trained for this system as soon as the Mor- Norwich game finished. So they've been working yeah. on this all week. And, and we talk about lack of accountability. That first goal where Maguire, it's really simple playing three. When you've got a three against a three, and they're not one-to-one because Liverpool's uh, three drop deep, the centre-forward drops yeah. deep, and the two wide players come inside, you've got to work out where you're marking man space. Mm. And the first thing Harry Maguire does five minutes into the game is push into midfield and have no awareness mm. whatsoever of what's happening around him. I mean, it was shocking. You don't see that in the championship. You really don't. Because no. in the championship, they know how to defend. And that that was just, it was just shocking. And to for it to come, what, an hour after he's given that interview where he's like, I, I don't think it's fair. My standards are high. Yeah. yeah. I'm, he, he referenced, as you were talking about, him being the captain. And I watched that interview and I was like, oh, my God. He just has no idea, does he? And, it, you know, he was almost giving it the big I am. I'm the captain. Mm. And yeah. it just felt so tone deaf and so out of touch. And then to put in that performance. Well, he's at four for two of the goals, basically. I mean, that first one was just shocking. And the Was it the fourth goal or the third goal where he gives the hospital pass to Hannibal? Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Can I just make a point? Let make a very quick point on Maguire. Is that in the last few games
1: he's played on the right. And he's generally, he's been playing... I'm not going to say good, but all right. He was caught out of position for one of the with the first Norwich goal, but generally all right. And then he's moved back to the left of the three. I don't think that helps, but it's still no excuse, like you said. I can understand if he makes that mistake forty minutes into a game where, and I say this is me being generous, by the way, very generous. I can understand, let's say that the Liverpool defenders have caught him betwixt and between, and all that sort of stuff. Like he's, he's he doesn't know whether to, whether to Uh, stick or twist with what he's doing but it's five minutes in there's a plan even Rangnick said that we didn't plan for that so he's he's obviously called out Maguire for the error and there's no accountability afterwards as well because like you said there that I presume that's after the game that his sister said that so what I mean I'm not I don't want to throw him under the bus I don't want to be saying Harry Maguire played poorly but come on like, like he did play poorly in one of our biggest games and it was a massive contributing factor to a, a dreadful performance and an all-round yeah. result. I'm sorry, the the facts are the facts. Do you know there's no way around it? I, I, I don't want to be. No, nobody wants to be sitting here saying that he played poorly and gave away two goals. We want to be see, sitting here saying, "Oh, that was a captain's performance that um, rivals anything that Brian Robson did at Anfield," and he didn't do it. I'm sorry,
0: he didn't do it. Robson would no, as if he'd played badly, which he really did. But if he would played badly, he would have accepted that as well because he mm. was real captain material. And there's no way he would let Liverpool players have it so easy. As M- Mo Salah said afterwards, they make it really easy for us. And Ragnik said it as well. You say you don't want to throw the players under the bus. I think Ragnik did. I mean, he's getting more... Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He's getting more exasperated and more frank. He's kind of demob happy, isn't he, now? He's getting very honest by the week and saying probably what he'd say in the dressing room out loud. And he called out the players, and he called out the club as well. He said there has to be a complete rebuild, and United have bought very poorly. it, It was delicious. I really enjoyed it, I have to say.
1: Yeah, does it sound like the words of a man who you think is going to be employed by the club next season? No, it does not. I, I, I'd, I'd <laughs>
0: like to think that he
1: is, but because that's the obviously De Gea being as honest as he has been, and I don't like the player interviews generally, but he's been so honest that I've liked that. And Ragnick obviously saying what well, everyone knew, 10 players, which... There's a big finger pointer in the dressing room. He's saying nobody was good enough. I don't know. I I mean, we've seen... You've said it earlier about expecting this and expecting the low thing. And I think another thing that we've talked about is they always united, even with low expectations, have found a way to underwhelm us. We've talked... I'm sure that we've definitely talked... We must have talked after the Watford game last or something where we... There were three opportunities, three big games from the the winter and autumn where we were humiliated. I said we, the squad, the team were humiliated. Watford, City and Liverpool. They've had three opportunities to put that right. Obviously Watford, they didn't do it. City, they didn't do it. And against Liverpool, it's more an historical kind of thing because it became less about the result, less about the quadruple, less about, about the race for top four or anything like that really. It became about the platform that these players have inherited by the success that's gone before them, the volume of work done by Ferguson and Robson and all those players and that generation of players that went from when you and I started supporting the club, never thinking we'd see them win the league and then see them surpass Liverpool and go past Liverpool and become the most successful English clubber ever. And now these players are benefiting from the profile of all that work and the profile that comes with all that and everything. So does they not have, and I'm not, Again, it's like oh, the running around, the commitment, tackles, passion, kind of thing, but they've got to show something, some kind of, um, some kind of acceptance for the the prestige and the privilege that they've got that was given yeah. to them by those players who worked so hard for it, and they're surrendering it. They they literally that's what they did. So that's shame on them. It is, and I don't know where we because we've talked how long have we been going ten minutes, not talked about possibly. And this is only me talking, my personal opinion on this. What my opinion on what I thought I saw from Paul Pogba? Yes, it was the most shameful thing that I've ever seen in the Manchester United shirt. Honestly, it's the the worst thing I've ever seen right. anyone in the United team team do. It's just
0: at Anfield of all places, as well. Yeah, I I couldn't work out what happened there because. I actually felt a lot of sympathy for him after the Norwich game because he wasn't that bad and he's been singled out by the yeah. crowd and I know everyone's frustrated with him because of expectations and Karl Anker wrote a good piece for the Athletic saying he said Manchester United but in that I think we can include fans expect Pogba to be something he's not and we're judging yeah. him by that rather than for what he is right he's a supremely talented player so I had a lot of sympathy and then he didn't look injured, and I, I wasn't sure what was happening. And he just kind of waved over, didn't he? We saw the subs warming up before he actually came off, and then the limp came out because he he did a sprint just before that. Well, you know, a sprint for Paul Pogba. It was all relative, isn't it? And and then yeah, it felt like he subbed himself off basically, and just gave up on it. Nine minutes, and, and I don't know whether I don't know whether we'll see him back or not. It doesn't do him any good. Right by the way, and we've talked about this as well. Yes, I,
1: I see both sides of it as well. I the Norwich thing and the ear he, he to the crowd and everything. Yeah, he's got every single right to retaliate. Those fans, by the way, obviously not just they're not frustrated about the Norwich game, which his was average wasn't particularly. Dreadful by his own standards, you know, he can go missing. They were obviously showing the frustration about what happened to Evan. They're entitled yeah, sure. to do that. Fans are entitled to do that. And he's entitled to respond. Fair enough. You give it, you take it back and everything. But then all this, like, sort of, oh, I'm upset because... All oh, the noises coming out, I'm upset because she did that. And it's like, come on, let's have a, a bit of two-way mutual understanding here. It's not gone right for either of us. It's beneficial if we all move on. Let's not make... Oh, do we, well, let's... We might as well bring it crashing down, I guess, because there's there's nothing to salvage from it. It's just the, I don't think it reflects well on him to walk out of a game ten minutes in. I'm not saying severely injure yourself or anything like that, but come on, give yourself five minutes to think. He's not, oh, I broke my foot or anything. That's at least not the noise that rearing from it. I just think in a game, in a, in that particular game, which is typified by Robson, Sooness, Keane, yep. Gerard hot-blooded like fire battles in the middle of the park and just so typified this is so typified by the soullessness yeah about and Pogba just saying you know what you're right this is it and I don't have anything for this fight and I'm just walking off
0: it definitely felt like that and he's going to go in the summer we all know he's going to go and it's part of the it's part of the problem and the malaise at the club that so many players are leaving and in a sense I mean it depends on our expectations as fans and the club's yeah. expectations and the Glazers' expectations. Tane Hag might start with a blank slate. And it depends on whether United do what they've been doing with players that need to go. And instead of selling them, sign them up to a new contract to, quote, protect the asset value, uh... right? So that can't happen anymore. United need to have a real deep think about which members of this squad stay and which go who are up for it and who are not we know that six are going anyway definitely Lingard Pogba Matic Mata Cavani and Tahis Chong I know he's not been part of the side really but those six are definitely leaving and there's probably another half a dozen that definitely should leave and the club have just got to decide are we going to stick with these players Are we just going to accept whatever fee we can get and move on and start again? And I'm not normally of the camp that says, oh, it's like football manager on in-game editor mode where you can just change all the players you feel like, right? It's not like that. And historically, under this ownership, United have not been able to do that, that many deals. They've done 12 in the last eight windows. They just can't do a lot of deals. But they have to, even if they want to trim down the squad, they have to do quite a few deals this summer, Good. more than is usual. I noticed that Marcel Boot and Jim Lawler both quit and or were pushed today, Chief Scout and his Chief Analyst. So clearly the, the reset is happening. We'll mm. see what happens with Ragnik. He has said repeatedly now, I've told the board. Yeah, I've told the board what's going on. I knew three or four, he said, I knew three or four games in that we needed a complete reset. I mean, he's clocked these players; he knows now whether he's a good coach or not or whether he's still his methods still work or not i I don't know clearly he's not been a success. I don't know what percentage is him, what percentage is the club environment, what percentage is this group of absolute fuckers that we have as players. <laughs> I don't know where the balance lies, but clearly there's a complete reset needed in terms of players. Mm-hmm. You know, leaving coming in much more volume than has been before. And, and they are going to revamp the department. Fletcher, who's on the bench yesterday. Him, Armisen and uh, Ragnick is the brain trust chatting about what was going on. And, and Murta, I've got a hell of a job to do. Just a hell of a job. And as I started this rant, <laughs> Ten Hag, presuming it is him, almost has a free pass. Now, he won't actually get that from the media or probably yeah. from the fans, and maybe not from the club. And there's definitely a scenario in which he could get fired by March or April if he doesn't get the clean out. But if he gets a lot of younger players in who are hungry, who care, who are like Hannibal yesterday, and even if they're not quite good enough, are going to give it some, yeah. then the fans will respond to that for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I have to say, the best part of yesterday, by absolute country mile, was Hannibal kicking the shit out of Henderson. I mean, just clocked him straight away, didn't he? It was beautiful. I was like, oh, someone gives a damn. And that was an 85 minutes. Yeah. So anyway, sorry for the rant.
1: No, no, we've wanted him in the team. There's been the promise that he's going to be around the squad for the last three months. And that's the first time we've really seen him and... I did nothing think... with
0: a ball, but he did exactly, exactly. what i seen in the under 23s, and he kicked a few players because he loves doing it. So
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, so did Paul Scores. They never uh, did him any harm. And you know no. what? I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, how ridiculous that that's the highlight of, of the game. And, it, you know, he possibly should have been sent off, but so what? I mean, even when people are taking pity on us, the worst part of the game, I don't even think was the, the scoreline or anything like that. It's the fact that you want to hate Liverpool. Because that's what we're conditioned to do. Yep. And they be they behaved with class the whole way through. And you find uh, yeah, it impossible yeah. impossible to hate club, impossible to turn on their fans because of what they did. Obviously marking for Christiana, uh, yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So every, everything and yeah. and they put on a show for their fans. And every, everything about it, because so we could be sitting here talking about Manchester City being us 4 0, and my conversation on this would be different because I'd be saying, oh, well, it's artificial success and blah, blah, blah. Can't do that with Liverpool, unfortunately, because. No,
0: no, they're a proper club, run yeah. properly, and lots of respect for the fans, both for how they behave gen- most of the time. Maybe not the ambulance shaking with Alan Smith and all of that generally i mean we're going back a few years for that one though going going back everyone will have to go google that now but uh, so yeah look we are conditioned to hate them but they're they're a proper club run really well and the fans who've like worked really hard during the pandemic to support people in need through food banks and so on deserve respect for that deserve respect for their tribute to cristiano ronaldo yesterday which i wasn't sure because he'd asked for privacy and when i'd heard that this was going to happen i was like oh maybe he just wants to be left alone but i think it was very respectful even singing you'll never walk alone was directed at cristiano so yeah i want to hate them they didn't even gloat that much afterwards because it's too fucking easy
1: <laughs> God, God, i don't know you, you're right you rant that you eloquently put together there with ten and the sort of the house of cards above him I look at it and I look at the players that are going out and I, I do like some of the murmurs that we're hearing about him coming in. And basically, I know that, look, the six players you mentioned, they're all gone, but I do like the idea that they're saying that tenog has got the final decision on that because it at least gets things started on the right foot. That he had some kind yeah. of contribution saying no, you've got to make sure that these contracts, if they were on the table, because there's definitely been one at some point on for Pogba. If he is involved in saying, no, make sure that it's not on the table anymore, We just make a clean sleep because what you need then is you need him to have the control of the dressing room and that's yeah. something that we've never had since I mean since Van Gaal when he came in and all the decisions for the senior players had already been taken so they were all gone before so he didn't have any control over that and there was a problem from that day and we've never really had that since really a manager with complete control over what's going on but Gary Neville said something yesterday just after the, the game I think it was where he was talking about how every player is a superstar and that every player is above the manager and I don't necessarily agree with that but every player at United is a superstar and obviously with all this all this outgoing that's got to happen there's by complete accident definitely not by design on the owner's part um, for sure but there's that opportunity that naturally comes about for that reset to happen for the imbalance to be restored
0: no, but that does depend on club structure. It really does because, what, yeah. is, what, as I mentioned earlier, what has tended to happen is players have been signed up to a new contract just because it's running down and they're worried yeah. about the value there. And it's cheaper to sign a player to a new contract, even if it doesn't fit in the squad, it imbalances the squad or the manager doesn't want him or they haven't even asked, than to yeah. sign a new player. Unfortunately, that has just been the way that United have behaved. And they've got this opportunity now to say, hey, that hasn't worked. We've got a new CEO, got a new director of football, we've got a new technical director, we're going to get a new manager and we're going to get a new chief scout because Jim Lawler's been at the club for absolutely ever. And uh, so they're getting it at this reset, they've got a chance to get it right. So I guess we're going to give them that opportunity and we'll come back in August and we'll go, did they get it right or not? This is really sad, but I've kept a list of all the signings since Fergie and Gill left. I've kept i I've got a flop, mare, or hit, right? I've got one, two, three, four, five hits. Five hits amongst forty forty senior players signed. I'm not right. counting the ones for the youth team, right? And that is one point one seven seven gross million gross spend. One point one billion spent since Fergie left know. in the transfer I've market. Have I, I mean, not it, to guess the five? Guess the five. And and you probably um, go. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think you'd complain about any of the others. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, <pops>. right.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So <laughs> sleep pickings. They said. Oh my god, what a game! Um, play along at home if you're listening. So, I've got to go. The most obvious one I think is Latsan as a hit because yes. he's because he was a free and he scored a lot of goals. He's a
0: freebie and he's got a lot of goals. He, he imbalanced the team, but he scored a lot of goals.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the positive comes with a caveat. Apart from that, Romero, yep, yeah, yep. got uh, him as a free hit. Bit. Another um, freebie.
0: Yep, it's all in context, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. You got to you got to start small. I don't. I, I'm on the fence on one ma. What you would think
0: about that? I I I had a meh on him. I'm on the yeah. fence. I think it's just too much. Like, the last three years has been he's hardly played at all. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Know, I don't know what the, what's uh, the
1: point. So still on 2 I'll just have a couple more guesses because we could be here forever. Herrero? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. got okay. him as a hit. Yeah. Um, I think so, especially
0: in the context of he left and just left this mega hole in the yeah. midfield. Even if he wasn't the best player ever, he left a big hole.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Where else? There's probably someone obvious that I'm thinking that I'm completely missing.
0: Herrero, um, Romero, Zlatan... <laughs> okay. Bruno, I've got, oh, Bruno, I've got yeah. Bruno, Bruno. Yeah. and then, and we can, we might, this might have to be downgraded, I had Rafael Varane as a hit, but honestly he's hardly mm, played, so that might have to yeah, be a myth, yeah. 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 yeah, so maybe that's only yeah. four absolute successes in 40 signings, so the whole point of that was to say that United have got so badly wrong, so badly yeah. wrong for a decade now, um, and they finally got someone in who's got the smarts in Ragnik, who understands what you have to do. And he said, it doesn't have to take that long. Yeah. You know, he did say, in the same conversation, he said that Liverpool are six years ahead, but that was referencing how long that Klopp's been there. Yeah. But he, he then said, it doesn't have to take so long if you know what you're after. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is the job now. They've got to be smarter about what they're going for. This squad has got to be reset. There's hardly anyone... In this squad, that comes out with any credit this season. Even Bruno, who tops all the kind of metrics, but has not had a particularly good season. And yeah. in adversity, he's just become a big moaning whinger. He's not exactly modelling great behaviour, is he? So The old adage I was using to defend him was because he's a
1: gamble player. And Giggs yeah. was a gamble player. And obviously he had his little flirtation with the booze from the crowd, um, yeah, booze, I should say, booing and not actual alcohol. They're, well, he they had yo- that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him yeah, and Sharpie
0: course. at parties and Fergie chasing him down.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so gigs obviously take a lot of gambles. His past percentage, if you were going to look at it, would be pretty low, but he took a lot of gambles and those came off a lot of times. And you, when he retired, even at age 40, it still took a couple of years for someone I mean, probably until Bruno really took those kind of risks um, that you thought oh yeah that or, or maybe Pogba you know they would take a risk and something brilliant could come up. of it and you could also equally be frustrated the problem is with Bruno I think the frequency of the gamble is there's no care in it sometimes and maybe that's like just a yes. reputational thing throughout the team that they're just not caring about where they're playing the ball for someone else because I there's a not hiding players but there's a lot of players who just i think they just do what they want to do and get rid of the ball as soon as possible and they don't really give any care because as soon as long as they're doing their job and as long as it can look all right on a youtube clip it won't you know what i mean if i've hoofed the ball somewhere and it's a, a far away enough distance from me then i'm yeah. not going to get any comeback from it which is really ludicrous but that's what we've seen the season unfortunately yeah bruno's part of that he's took a lot of unnecessary gambles um, passes. I can remember. Probably, I can remember in my memory more frustrating passes that he's made than assists.
0: Yes, I, when he signed, I had a whole conversation on the pod, on this pod, th- which was basically he will frustrate us a lot, and especially in big games where you need a bit of the control. And I think that's going to be a problem. Basically, I, I'm mm-hmm. summarising, but you can go back and listen to it, if anyone cares, and <laughs> go back and listen to it. Because as usual, Paul was very excited and I was my more pessimistic self, just going, I'm not sure this is going to work in some games. (laughs) And he is that, and he's very important for United. But Mm. at some points when you're getting battered, you just want to keep the ball. Anyway, he's just one player. Every player in the squad has weaknesses. There's no perfect player. And Mm. in adversity, all those weaknesses are flared up. And it says a lot about the players that that has happened. And for that reason, I'm um, not normal, normally like this, but I just think a mega reset is needed, as as big as possible, in the summer to give Ten Hag the best chance possible to to get control of that dressing room and build just build some momentum going forward. Because sure as shit, it's not going to happen in the next five games. Yeah, you know, no. the the idea that United can somehow come out of this and find some form, Arsenal and Chelsea next, Brighton. Palace, who else? It's six games, right? Five or six games. Can't remember. Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton, someone in Palace, I yeah. think. Brentford. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah Brentford Ulm, and yeah. Palace. Brentford, yeah. Up, yeah. Right, no easy games there. And, and, and I know it's like post-Liverpool despondency, but it's hard to see United getting that many points. Might even end up in a worse points situation than in the Moyes season. 64 can we get to sixty-four, yeah. another ten points? In six games. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to see that, isn't it? Yeah. The
1: theme which you started the pod with the the lowest expectations with United and their failure to match them. And yeah. it is so representative of this league that I I think this league's very poor apart from the top two teams. And maybe Chelsea as well, but Chelsea aren't a million miles away from the rest, whereas City and Liverpool are. And we have been abysmal. I've I've said it numerous times. I stand by it. I think that this is all things in, in um, to consideration in terms of how much they cost, what their reputations are, all that sort of stuff. For me, this is the worst poor war United team. I, th- I, th- I really think that they're that bad. And how they're still within touching distance of the Champions League is really, it's an indictment of the Premier League.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal lost three in a row. Who we play next Arsenal and the wheels well, have really fallen off. They, they're going to need <laughs> a, a pick, pick me up on that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> they're going to get it. All right. Shall we move on and, and talk about that briefly before we go and yeah. uh, give these poor, long, hard suffering <laughs> listeners a break from the moaning? Yeah you're
1: right with the run of three defeats and I look at the Everton game I look at every team that we've played who've come into facing United this season on the back of one of these runs and they've turned it around against us and this isn't you know every football fan has this by the way every football fan has this kind of disease within us where we think that nature and irony is conspiring against our team unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately for them Manchester United have been that team this season. There's no hiding from it because the, the results are there. The the big games, have been battered in all of them. So we've been right to be pessimistic. And even in the, the coincidental quirky games like the ones that we're talking about, United have always found a way to underwhelm. And we're in that situation again on Saturday against Arsenal where they're not in a good run of form. They're throwing away their Champions League place. But here we are to provide them with a pick-me-up with I'm going to guess less of a midfield than what we had um, at Anfield and just as bad a defence as we had there um, and just as non-existent uh, an attack.
0: Do you think Fred's going to be back? Because we could do with that him. Tom A was on the bench. Maybe he yeah. was fit, maybe not. He didn't come on, so I reckon he's not fit. But but they, I
1: don't think that they'd be good. They'll be, Arsenal will be up for that. they they will They've got an energetic team that... Will thrive upon that for as useful as McTominay and Fred are in terms of the current midfield setup that we've got. As useful as they have proven to be in comparison to the other combinations that we've got, they're still not very good in big games. And this no. is a big game. And these players will be delighted to take McTominay and Fred because they're not yeah. good water carriers and they're not good.
0: Oh, God, no. It's hard to fault his. Personal drive and passion and effort level. Mm. He is a player, as we've talked about here, who hides. Technically, he hides in the passing lane. He doesn't want the ball. Uh, And then Fred just gives it away everywhere. I mean, he's better in the final third because giving it away is less dangerous than giving it away in the defensive third, basically. But they're the best of a bad bunch. And if they're not available, it's a really bad bunch because what have we got left? We're going to be playing Bruno and Matic in central midfield. Man, they're going to just get, they going to get completely overrun. And Maguire, as confident as his social media posts are, is not confident on the pitch. Varane is not no. fit, and Baye hasn't played in months. Jones is Jones is like what he's had two games this season. Is it two two starts? Well, maybe Lindelof. Given that Arsenal don't really have a lot of power up front, is one of the games he he can cope with. But mm. no, I just I don't feel confident about midfield. I don't feel confident about that back four, and we'll see who's available up front. But this, yeah, Sancho I guess has to play because he was actually quite bright for yeah. the forty-five minutes he played. Marcus Rashford, man, I just he's broken. He should just yeah. go on holiday now because. It's honestly, it's like playing with 10 men. He gets the ball and we're like, he's going to give it away. He's just going to overrun yeah. it and he's going to give it away. And it happened over and over again. Yeah. It's just broken. I don't know whether Cristiano will be back. Who cares? Honestly, he should take all the time in the world. I don't particularly like him as a person. And I don't think he's very useful as a player anymore. Even when he scores how the hat trick and makes me look stupid. But as a human, he'd just take all the time because it's a devastating thing that's happened to him. And he doesn't need to come back. We'll find some other solution.
1: Yes, we've got problems there. But it's like the least of our worries, isn't it, really? Because I, I'm not saying, oh, we can rely on Rashford. We definitely can't, like you said. But when when you're looking at the human aspects of it, then suddenly the worry that you've got about us not being able to score goals. is it's really, it, it goes by the wayside, considering yeah. the, the fact that we can't keep a clean sheet anyway. So it, it's not like... In the big games this season, what if we don't know? Ronaldo got the actual he got record-breaking goals against Arsenal, didn't he? Or record equally goals against Arsenal in in the earlier game, but away from home, um, a bigger pitch, or uh, what seems like feels like a bigger pitch, and and the way that Arsenal make use of it compared to our team, it's the, it's not the kind of game that Ronaldo traditionally thrives in, anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. like Anfield wouldn't have been this version of Ronaldo. I mean, th- this veteran version of him. The system, the um, support that he'd be getting, it's not the kind of game for him. I don't, I think it's just one of those where Ragnik is probably just going to have to try and find a different kind of system, certainly not the same one that failed so spectacularly at Anfield. But again, isn't that part of the problem, man? that we were still tinkering with systems and we're like four games, five, six games from the end of the season, still yeah, trying yeah. to find the best kind of system, still trying to find a good team. Because as Ragnik said, they see, I did, this was another finger pointer, wasn't it? Some of these players aren't fit, which wasn't it wasn't a question of the club's fitness regime. It was a question of the players turning up, basically. So there's all this kind of thing going on. And let's be fair. Well, we, we, we could,
0: could do with Cavani deciding that he's fit every week. He de- he decides he's not fit, as far as I can understand. So yes, yeah. I don't know what's worse, like not bothering to enter the pitch or fucking off as soon as it gets hard. So <laughs> not me Yes, yeah, neither's yeah. good. No. I guess the one benefit is Arsenal can't score goals. They don't have a forward. They might play Martinelli up front. Uh, we'll see. They're playing today. Yeah, I mean, the game will be over by the time this is published. We're playing Chelsea today, so maybe they get a good hiding and they're broken as well. <laughs> and we'll see who's the worst. It really is a battle for who wants to finish fifth and sixth, isn't it, rather than yeah. for who wants to finish fourth. No one deserves it. So they're very powder puff. They really got hammered against Palace. Palace really deserved that. Yeah. Win. And then they didn't do anything against Brighton and Southampton either. So their form and confidence is in the toilet. They're suffering for not having a, a forward. Like I said, it's not fit. And they, I imagine they're somewhat embarrassed by just how many goals Aubameyang is scoring at Barcelona at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I, do, I can call this one. I think probably our confidence as a squad... And a team is lower than theirs. And they're at the Emirates and they'll have the home crowd pushing them on. And we know that United's players have no mental fortitude at all. I've enjoyed this. For for the way that you phrase phrased things, I've enjoyed this. So so, at least there's that, you know. At least there's that, that, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Shall shall we give everyone uh, some respite and leave it there? We can do,
1: but then they've got to. They've got the three-day abyss of (laughs) staring, the waiting for the United games. I don't know. Maybe like go and listen to some old positive episodes of of the pod.
0: They they might be around like two thousand and eight, nine. They're there, so feast on them for a bit. (laughs) Kelly, why don't
1: you just rerun the? You must have got either the old. Review the two thousand nine Champions League semi final. Can you just run that one and say, "Oh, look at what we did against Arsenal back then"? And
0: oh, you know what? I think we might have started the pod that summer, so I don't. I don't think we did that that season. Champions well,
1: League. The the following season, then we had we beat them three one with a nanny flick. And the Rooney goal, yeah,
0: that was that was 2011, right? 10, 11, the semi-final was that, or was that the 2008,
1: nine? Uh, no, I, the the one with the nanny flick and the Rooney breakaway was nine Because it was definitely the year nine, after. Ten. It was okay. the year after Ronaldo left, and it was the one where you know we had the we had frankly horrible kits that season. We had the, yes. the Chevron ones. It was the blue, yes, yes, the blue and yes. black one. Oh, horrible. Horrible <laughs> But great result and great football. So if you can dig that out, Ed, for the, the good It'll listeners of the of the pod.
0: All righty. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Wayne. And, well, you know, <laughs> circumstances. Good to talk to you. Maybe not yeah. the content. <laughs> uh, have a good one. And uh, thanks too. for watching this game twice and reviewing it three times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to do it and you're, you're yeah. serving the people. See you, All right. Bye now.